Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. This is uh, our fourth week in a series that's called At the Table. And if you haven't uh, been here at church in a while, I I would recommend downloading the app or going to our podcast and listening to the past few messages. Pastor Joel has been killing it. Literally, it's been amazing. Uh, I usually do chat hosting uh, online. And shout out to our online community right now. Guys, we get people from India. We get people from Honduras. We get people from Colombia connected right now at this moment. So it's a blessing. Uh, So if you can't hear them, they're all clapping for you right now. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, so, so as I'm chat hosting, I, I get to hear a pastor preach twice every Sunday, and I'm getting like ministered, and like the anointing is falling on my laptop. It's 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 awesome, man. So anyway, <laughs> so part four. Uh, it, it, we, if you don't know what the whole premise is, it, it, Psalms 23 talks about God preparing a table uh, before us yeah, in the presence of our enemies. And, and, and we've, we've studied this before, and, and there is a table that God has prepared for you. And as I was praying this morning, it just came to my heart that God doesn't need problems to be resolved in order for him to fulfill his promises, Uh, that's why there's a table that's been prepared and your enemies are still there. And I think that's an even bigger miracle, not that God can remove your problems, but that God can bless you in the midst of your problems. That there are still problems all around you that your enemies are watching, and they're watching you get filled with the Spirit. They're watching you get filled with His presence. They're watching you get filled with a joy that's unexplainable but full of glory. Come on, I, I... as I, as I meditate on this, I, I, I just can't help but imagine myself in what's coming next. Because if you, if you see the news in between prayer sessions, right, if you, uh, you, 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 get to see, you get to notice that there are things that are coming. You know, we might be walking into a recession as a country. But I thank God that there's already a table prepared before me in the middle of a recession, It doesn't matter what's going to happen because the Lord is my shepherd. And because he is my shepherd, I shall not lack. I will not lack for ability, opportunity. I will not lack for money because he is my shepherd. So he has prepared a table for us. Come on, it's amazing. I remember when when we were younger as a family, we would travel with my dad and with my parents. They're missionaries, and so they would itinerate every now and then. And we didn't have a lot of money back then. And so there was a thing. Actually, I had shared this testimony with Highland Colony a couple months ago. But when we would go into a restaurant, I would always ask my dad, are we thirsty today? You know, I wanted to know, should we just get the free water or do we have enough for the chocolate milk, right? We have to know. And so my dad would sometimes say, no, no, you can't be thirsty today. And so I knew. Uh, I knew that we were in a season of faith. And, and we were going to faith it till we make it, right? And so, 
So, okay, how many of you have been there before, right? So, can't be thirsty all the time. So, I get it. So, uh, we're there. We go to this church in Chicago, and my dad is preaching and everything. And then this, this person comes at the end of service, and he gives me this envelope. And he's like, here, give it to your dad. I can't find your dad. Give it to your dad. So, I grab this envelope. I don't know what this is, but I'm walking. We're gonna, I'm, I'm actually thinking about whether I'm going to be thirsty or not because I wanted some chocolate milk. So we get into the, the car, and then I remember, I'm like, oh, Dad, uh, some, someone gave me this for you. It's an envelope. I don't know what's, what's in it. So my dad's driving. He's like, oh, open it. Open it real quick. So I open it, and it's a check. It's, it's a fat check. And I look at it, and the first thing I say is, oh, we thirsty tonight. <laughs> yes, we are. I'm going, I'm going to get two chocolate milks overabundantly. I mean, come but, but sometimes we forget that the Lord will supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. So it's not you footing the bill. It says that God will supply according to what he has in his glory. That if he can pave his city with gold, if he can put and adorn the gates with pearls, it means he has enough to supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. So I, I was praying about, you know, how do we minister this today, the, the fourth edition of At the Table. I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, tell him how I prepare a table. Tell him how the table is prepared. Because I, sometimes we think there needs to be precedent for God to do stuff, right? And, and God doesn't need precedent. God doesn't need possibilities. Even if it's impossible, it's still possible to him. So I want us to read a couple of stories. Uh, first of all, let's go to Isaiah 55. Uh, Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 11, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, and make it forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Let's pray real quick. Father God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to, to come into your word, Father, the, the entrance of your word, Father. It brings so much power and makes so much power available. We thank you for your word because you sent your word and it brought healing. We thank you for your word because it's the rock on which we stand. We thank you for your word, Father, because it, it, it is what you have promised that will come to pass. And heaven and earth will pass away, but your word remains. So we thank you for your word today. And we give you all the glory and all the honor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So now what we just read, it's not, sometimes we could read it as God just flexing and saying, I'm just so much smarter than you guys. My thoughts are way higher than your thoughts. And my ways are just so much higher than your ways. And we could leave it at that. But if you, if you read the context with which it was written in, it's not saying I'm just so much smarter than you. What it's saying is you guys have to change the way you think and start thinking how I think. 
take my ways, not your ways. See, see, when, when we pray sometimes, we're praying with our understanding. And so we pray. Have you ever given God a schedule in your prayer? Like, Father God, I thank you because you bless me, but just so you know, rent is this Friday. Right? I mean, you can do whatever you want, but rent is Friday and, you know, eviction is Saturday. So, you know, in between those two things, and God's saying, no, 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 stop thinking like you're thinking and start thinking how I think. That even what's impossible is made possible. If what's impossible would be possible for you, how would you think? If what's impossible in your life would be made possible, how would you pray? If what's impossible would be made possible for you, how would you praise? Because the, the opportunity is endless if you understand who you're talking with and if you understand who abides in you. So the, the word of God actually says in Isaiah 8.18, it says, Here I am and the children whom the Lord has given me, we are for signs and wonders in Israel. I want you to know that you were created for signs and wonders. That through your life that there might be signs and that there might be wonders. See, sometimes I question, you know, why it's so hard to, uh, to evangelize and why it's so hard to be a testimony to other people. And it's because sometimes uh, our life just seems so normal and so natural to everyone else that why would they change? But the reality is the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The supernatural lives inside of you. Come on, the God, creator of the heavens and the earth, lives inside of you. So you were not created and you were not formed to be normal on this earth. But that there might be signs and wonders, that the supernatural might be something natural in your life. That when you see miracles happen in your life, you're not surprised. You're amazed, but you're not surprised because it should happen. The Holy Ghost lives inside of me. It's what's supposed to happen. So if, do you guys remember the story? Uh, there, there's a couple of stories. So I, want, I want to take us through a, a couple. But first let's go to Ephesians 5, 1, 2. It says, therefore be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. It says the Amplified, as well-beloved children, imitate their father and walk in love, esteeming and delighting in one another as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a slain offering and sacrifice to God for you so that it became a sweet fragrance. The word of God says that we are supposed to imitate Christ. And sometimes it's hard to imitate someone you don't know or you don't spend time with. I, I, it's been very interesting because my, my daughter, she, she's now nine months old. And for those of you that are wondering, she's sleeping now. We thank the Lord. Uh, and, and yes, thank you for your prayers because I needed them. Uh, so she, she's sleeping now and everything. But the more she grows, the more she starts acting like her parents because she spends a lot of time with us. And what's shocking is because, I mean, she, she's super cute like her mom, but she's super rowdy like her dad. I never knew I was that rowdy until I saw myself in a girl. I'm like, oh, my. I'm like saying sorry to everyone. I'm so sorry. I'm so loud. I'm so sorry. But she spends so much time with us that it's easy to imitate. It, the word of God invites you and me to be imitators of Christ. But you can't imitate someone you don't know. You can't imitate someone you don't spend time with. So I want to invite you today, let me challenge you today to spend more time with God. Be, learn to wait upon the Lord because those that wait upon the Lord 
will renew their strength. It's not those that ask to the Lord. It's not those that long for the Lord. It's those that are actually actively waiting in his presence. And why? Because we were meant for signs and wonders. You can't imitate Christ if you don't spend time with him. You can't be filled with the Spirit if you're not at the filling station, if you will. If you're not in his presence. John 14, 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. So if we're to imitate Christ, what did Christ do? He only did what the Father told him to do. What are we meant to do? To do what the Father tells us to do. It's not what we want to do. It's not what we think we should do. No, people that are mature in Christ usually ask God, what do you want me to do? I've said this before, but my, my wife now has this scary habit that every time we get money, she asks God what to do with it. And it's scary because God is super generous. Let it sink in. So like, we'll, we'll be asking, and God's like, well, give it all away. I'm like, no, I mean, remember Rent Friday. <laughs> So sometimes we got to keep tabs on each other. John 14, 12 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these. So who's speaking here? Jesus. And Jesus says, I say to you, if you believe in me, in Jesus, the works that Jesus did, you will also do. And greater works than these you will do. Because he goes to the Father. So we are meant for signs and wonders. Now we're talking about how God prepares the table. And we've said that God prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. How does he prepare the table? There's a couple of stories. There's one, of, one famous story found in three Gospels about Peter going out to fish all night. And you've probably heard this story before where he goes to fish all night and he doesn't catch fish. Now, these are professional fishermen. They're not rookies. They, they know what they're doing. For some reason, they just couldn't find the fish. It seemed to be that there were no more fish or very there was a scarcity of fish in that lake. And then they come to Jesus, they sit at Jesus' feet for a while, and then Jesus tells them, now go back out there and fish. If you know the story, they go back out there, and they, they start to get so much fish that they start to invite other people in to their blessing because their boat was sinking of the, of the quantity of fish that they had. Listen, that one miracle changed the economy of the whole coastline. Where did those fish come from? I believe, and we'll, we'll, we'll check to see if the Bible corroborates this, but I believe it comes from the glory of God, that they tapped into kingdom economy. And because they tapped into kingdom economy, they found something that no one else could find at the moment. It was recreated. If anything, it, they were created from the glory of God. I don't know, but they did not find those fish all night. Then they spent time with Jesus, and then all of a sudden what was impossible for them became possible at that moment. Listen, I'm inviting you to, to acknowledge the fact that if we spend time with Jesus, what is impossible for you will become possible for you to give glory to God through your life. 
Let that be the testimony. That, not that you're a Christian because you come to church, but that you're a Christian because Christ lives in you and then everything that is supernatural in him is a reality in you. Let, let's look at it. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. There's another story. I want to inspire you today. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she answered, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And then he said, well, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil cease. Now my question to you is where did this oil come from? It wasn't like it was in the air and it just needed vessels. There, there was no more oil. And then they met the man of God and then they met the presence of God. And then all of a sudden they were in the oil business. Where did this oil come from? The word of God says that he will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. It's when you tap into the glory of God that you access his riches. That's why in his glory that there is fullness of joy in his glory. There is fullness and forevermore in his glory is where we should find ourselves more and more. Because the economy of this lady was going downhill quick. Like people were knocking at the door, you know, she had blocked every bank from her cell phone probably. You know, the credit score people were calling. Like it was bad. I, I hear giggling because you probably have done the same. It's okay. We, I, I, I've, I've done the same too. But what happened here is she accessed something that not everyone can access. See, when, when we receive Christ, it's not only access to heaven that we get once we die, but it's access into his presence. That Hebrew says, come boldly into the presence. Come boldly into the throne. Don't wait. Come now. Like the, the blood of Jesus has paved the way and has given you access. Now come into the glory because what is impossible for man is possible for God. And in his riches, of, in the riches of his glory is where you will find everything you might need. Because you don't have to work for it. You don't have to strive for it. It is grace. It is given to us. It's not something you work for. It's not something you strive for. It's not something that your habits will obtain for you. It's what Jesus has obtained for you at the cross. That you might just walk in. And why? Because that's the testimony. God is way too good. And that's why we give him praise and that's why we give him worship. Not to convince him of how good he is, but because he's been so good, we praise him and we worship him. It's why I go Sundays to church. Not because I want to access something, but because he's granted everything I will ever need in my life. He is my shepherd. I will not lack for anything. So I enter in. So this lady's life was changed. Her economy was changed because she spent time in the presence. 
Let's bring it to 2022. There's a couple of pictures I had sent the team, the production team, to show you. There's a couple I met, and I've talked about them before, but I think it's good to talk about them again because their testimony is amazing. And it's this couple that goes to this jail in Venezuela, and and she's learned how to uh, help heal gunshot wounds through YouTube. And they cook, they make these bread and this soup, and they take it into this jail. And it's the jail of Tocoron, which is famous because the people that live in the jail actually take care of the jail. Like the government is not, is not involved. It's this whole thing. The people that are in jail have to actually pay rent. And if you don't pay rent, you get shot. Like that's how crazy it is. And so they go, and they ask for permission by the top guy. And they're like, hey, can we go in? And he's like, you can go in and start a prayer group, but you have to feed everyone that goes to the prayer group. If you don't feed everyone that goes to the prayer group, it's going to be a very short prayer group. And so they're like, okay. And so they, they have this yellow bucket and those bread, right? And there's a lot more bread. But in this yellow bucket, they can fit like 50 soups. They go in the first day, the first Monday, and everything is crazy. And they're in there. And they see in about 200 people come to the prayer group, 50 soups. It's like a 150 soup deficit. So they start to serve soups. And they start to serve soups. And they look at each other and they say, just don't look at the bottom. Just don't look at the bottom. And they go, 50 soups. Don't look at the bottom. 80 soups. Don't look at the bottom. A hundred soups. This isn't New Testament, Old Testament. This is now Testament. A hundred twenty soups. Don't look at the bottom. A hundred fifty soups. Don't look at. Come on, God, God is alive and well, and He will supply all your needs according to Him. A hundred eighty soups. Two hundred soups. And then they looked at the bottom. Well, I'm telling you, the, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob is the same God of you today. I want to invite you into his presence. See, sometimes we have this thought, and we, and we sing about it, and it's okay to sing about it. It's biblical to sing about it, but sometimes we, we get stuck in this thought, God descend, God fall, God come. And then Hebrew says, no, you enter in. No, you access the throne. No, you come in now. Don't wait for God to fall when access has been granted for you to enter in. Because then we're stuck in this cycle where we're, when we're going through problems and God's like, and you're like, God, you know, where, where are you? And he's like, I've actually prepared a table before you. Stop looking at your enemies and enter in. The table is set. The table is prepared. Your seat is reserved. Enter in. Walk into his presence. 1 Kings 17. Come on, there is an inexhaustible supply for you if you believe in the kingdom of God. 1 Kings 17, verses 8 to 16, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise. This is another story, another widow. Says, go to Seraphath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Seraphath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow there was gathering sticks. He came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. 
And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in the bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Worst Thanksgiving dinner ever. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. I like the audacity of this man. It's like, so before you die, can you make me a cake? Like, that's basically what he's saying. Like, oh, you're going to die, so make, me, make it first because then you might die. Uh, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. She and, uh, she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now I ask you this, where did that flour come from? And where did that oil come from? The glory of God. There is no other answer. It's not like they, they had this excess of oil and they just forgot about it she was going to die and then she met the anointing she met the presence of God and then the, her whole outlook changed why because God will supply all your needs according to his riches there are riches in his glory and we don't access his glory for the riches we access his glory to give him thanks because of everything that he has done, everything that he is doing, and everything that he's promised he will do. It is set in stone when he said, it says, everything was done according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. If the word says it, then that settles it. If the word says it, then I believe it and nothing's going to change. If the word says it, then I'm standing on that rock, which is unmovable and it's unshakable. Nothing's going to get me out of this place. Not circumstances, not what I see, because we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. So because we walk by faith, we enter into his presence, and we give him thanks, and we give him glory, and we give him honor, and we get filled in this presence because we know he will supply. We know he is our shepherd. We will not lack for anything that as we enter in, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Come on. He restores my soul. I can be at peace in the middle of chaos because I am with him. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. Come on, he, he anoints my head with oil. I love, I, if you study what that means, it, the shepherds back in that time, they would, put anoint, uh, they would put oil over the sheep's head as repellent so that the flies wouldn't bother them in their head. And I believe that as we get filled with the Spirit, as we get filled with this presence, then you get that spiritual repellent from the thoughts that the devil wants to plant in your head. That he wants to tell, they wants to convince you that this recession is worse than any other recession. He wants to convince you that you're not going to be able to pay that gas bill again. He wants to convince you, and if you just anoint your head with oil, let God anoint your head with oil so that you may see that price might rise, but God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory, not my bank account, not my work ethic, but him. So I can live at peace. A peace that passes all understanding, that guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. How many are thankful for God, for Jesus, for everything that he's done? Woo, God is good.
Philippians 3.20 says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to finish with this thought. Some of you uh, uh, have known this already, but we've traveled to Cuba to do missions before. And the well, crazy thing about Cuba is everything has seemed to stop. From, like, I think the whole government changed in 1967 or something like that. So the newest building in Cuba, 1967. Newest car in Cuba, 1960, or whatever that year is. Maybe it's not 1967, but you get the point. Like very, very old. Um, so we were ministering there, we were walking, everything's just old, so you get used to it. Everything is just old, old, old cars, old houses, old everything, and it's, it's okay. Uh, and we're ministering, and then all of a sudden, uh, I, see, I see this uh, new Mercedes-Benz, the newest model, just drive by. <laughs> so it just catches me off guard. I'm like, wait, hold up. Like, that's not supposed to be here. Like, everything here is 1967. How is that a, tw you know, 2019, 2020 car? And so they, they, they look at me and they all laugh. It's like, oh, no, no, see, he, that's the ambassador of Russia. Uh, that, that, that's different. I'm like, well, what does that have to do with anything? It's like, oh, no, no, see, the ambassador of Russia depends on Russian economy, not Cuban economy. So he, he gets his money in rubles, not in Seuse, which is like the Cuban coin. So, like, he don't care if the Cuban economy is bad or good. He cares how the economy in Russia is. Now, now, now the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. See, we shouldn't really care what the economy here is. We should be caring what the economy there is because we depend on that economy. We're ambassadors for Christ. So our economy is heavenly economy. Our economy is kingdom economy. Who supplies is in the kingdom, not on this earth. So when the word of God says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, when, you, when the word of God says that the earth is the Lord and everything in it, you know, all who live in it, it shows me, okay, so whoever's going to support me here on earth has enough to support. So it changes the way you think. And I, that, that's why we go back to the, how does God prepare the table in his glory? It's already prepared. All you have to do is step up and come in and eat. That's one of the reasons why I like Thanksgiving. Because I wake up and it's already prepared. I thank God for my wife and my mom and, you know, everyone else. that They just know how to, they don't want me in the kitchen. You don't want me in the kitchen. Uh, but the point is, you just have to walk in, step into this reality. That's why the word of God invites us. Pray without ceasing. It's for your own benefit. It's not because, you know, if you don't pray, you'll be acting dumb. It's because when you pray, you access everything he's prepared for you. Now, why be hungry when there's a table prepared? Why be sad when there's a table already prepared? The word of God says, last verse, I promise. Psalms 92, 12, the righteous will flourish like the palm tree. It will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. There's a couple of hurricanes that have passed by, and you guys have seen the news probably, and hurricanes happen all the time. One thing that always catches my eye when I see the footage of hurricanes is that houses are toppling over, the ocean is raging and everything, 
and you see these trees slightly bent, holding on to dear life. But, I mean, we're, we're talking hurricane level 5, the hurricane level 10, the ultimate hurricane, which, let's be real, I don't understand why they name these hurricanes, like, cute names. Like, it's, it's baby Charlie. Whoosh. It's like, that's not Charlie, you know. That's, that's, that's a big hurricane. Uh, it's maybe Carlos, I don't know, something. But my point is, the Word of God says that the righteous, you and me, will flourish. You, you and me, the righteous, will grow up. The, the, the righteous, you and me, will hang on like the palm tree. And no matter how hard the, the wind is, no matter how hard the, the, the trial is, because of who lives and who abides in you, you can hang on. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, we are pressed but not crushed. Persecuted but not abandoned. Come on, this is the testimony that we have. This is the testimony in earthen vessels that we carry the glory of God in us. And no matter what is happening around us, what's inside is far stronger. And no matter what is attacking around us, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No matter what is happening, the weapon formed against me will prosper because Christ lives inside of me. And I will hold on. And maybe there's some times where I'm going to have to worship like this, but I, I but I'm still holding on and I will have the victory because God is on my side because the blood has been applied. Come on, every need will be supplied. So we enter in today. Think like God. Start to see things his way and access his throne, which we get to do right now. I'm going to ask you to stand up real quick. The, the Word of God says in Hebrews chapter 9 that because of the blood of Jesus, we now have access into the throne. Now, what used to be access through sacrifice after sacrifice, Jesus went in and went ahead and did it once and for all. Now, because of his sacrifice, you get to enter in. And now we know what happens when we enter in. We get to access the table that has been prepared for you. So we're going we're gonna to worship. We're going to enter in. It's just, it's just that simple. He, he abides it when we worship. He is enthroned when we worship. He inhabits the praises of his people. And then after that, we're going to take communion in remembrance of him. Jesus said, take communion and always remember what I did. Take communion, and as you do, you, you, you become a testimony. That once we leave this place, we don't leave his presence. His presence goes with us. But now we're thinking different. Now, now there, there's an excitement when you get into the car because the supernatural can happen. There's an excitement when you go back to work because it's not only you coming in. It's you and the whole glory of God coming into that place. The differentiating factor is the Holy Spirit in you. So when we start to think like God, when we start to acknowledge that, oh, your ways are much higher than my ways. Your thoughts are much higher than my thoughts. I know you've prepared a table. You don't have to remove my enemies. I can step up to the table in the presence of my enemies. So I'm going to start wasting my, not wasting, but I'm not going to, I'm going to stop spending my time, my prayer life trying to get rid of my enemies 
I'm going to start using my prayer time to get to know you better. Because in the presence of my enemies, I can still sit down and access the table you have prepared. So, Father God, we worship you today. And we give you all the honor and all the glory. And we thank you, Father, for the table that you have prepared before us in the presence of our enemies. We thank you, Father, that as we access your presence and that as we access your throne through worship, Father, that we, we might be able to see with the eyes of faith that you've already prepared, that you are our shepherd and we will not lack for anything, that we access peace and that we access joy, and that even if our enemies are standing, they will watch us sit down and eat what you have prepared for us. So we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor. Come on, take the time and just give him all the glory. Give him all the honor. We give you all the glory, Father. We worship you.